0: So in Wisconsin, there's these two high school football teams. Um, They're locked in. They are state rivals. And the the end of the game is coming up. It's the fourth quarter. The team uh, in question that we're going to talk about is down by three points. Uh, The opposing team has the ball, and they're moving it. Uh, The coach calls a timeout. They're at the 50-yard line. So, I mean, the whole football game is in you know, kind of tilt mode at this point. They don't know how it's going to end up. But what they do know is coach calls the timeout, he brings his boys over and he goes, guys, we're down by three points. We got to get the ball back. He said, look at the clock. And they all turned and looked at the clock. And he said, we got to get the ball back now so we have a chance to score. And we need the ball right here, right now. And he, he's yelling that more than, you know, of course I am at this point. So, the boys get in a huddle, and they start hitting each other. get excited. They get psyched up. They, they charge the quarterback. The quarterback drops back about 10 yards back, and one of their linebackers breaks into the backfield. He grabs the quarterback, and they start spinning around like this. And as they're spinning around, they, they both get disoriented, and the quarterback drops the ball. Linebacker picks it up, and he starts running as fast as he can towards his end zone. And as he's running he looks over at the sideline and the coach is going, No! And he's like, I'm gonna win this thing. And, you know, kind of showboating his way to the end zone. And the coach is going, No! No! And he gets to about the five yard line and he gets tackled by one of his own players because <laughs> he's run the opposite direction. You see, when we get disoriented, even in the middle of greatness, our disorientation can make us go in a direction we were never intended to go in. That's why we got to stick to a vision that matters to God. If we stick to a vision that matters to us, ultimately we'll get so lost in it that we'll run in an opposite direction that we were never intended to be in in the first place. So today I want to talk to you about some scripture. I want to walk you through Last week we talked about some tangible vision of the church as we move forward, a children's wing is secured, a gym, things like that, some places on personnel that we'd like to look at. But today I want to talk to you about how do we get there? Because it's one thing to dream big, and it's one thing to go after things that we haven't been going after, and it's a whole nother to talk about how do we move from where we are today to the next level of where we want to be. And so today, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how do we play our part. So if you'll join me in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to be in the first verse. Now, I want you to kind of capture the heartbeat of where we are in Scripture before we get into it. Paul's writing um, to this church of Thessalonica, these Thessalonians. He's encouraging them on how to uh, hear the Word of God, how to confront their world. He also talks to them about how to properly do things in the church, how to pray, how to do things like that. And then he gets to chapter 5, and it starts like this. About the times and the seasons, and I want to stop there to say what he's saying is, in light of current events, in light of what's happening around you, Brothers, you do not need anything to be written to you. For yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. When they say peace and security, then sudden destruction comes on them. Like labor pains come on a pregnant woman, they will not escape. But you brothers are not in the dark. For this day to overtake you like a thief, for you are all sons of light and sons of the day. You do not belong to the night or the darkness, so then you must not sleep like the rest But we must stay awake and be serious for those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, we must be serious. Put on the armor of faith and love on our chest and helmet of of the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but obtained salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us. So whether we are awake or asleep, we will live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up as you're already doing. He's challenging these church people of Thessalonica, and he's telling them, listen, you can go the easy route. And, and frankly, we can talk in terms of church world. That's the air quotes. We can talk and terms of, of church world and say, hey, let's just play it easy. Let's do all the gimmicks. Let's play all the games. Or we can get serious. We can start to change the title where we believe that God is taking not just Quail Creek, but us individuals in him. But it all has to start somewhere. We have to start running in a direction. Kind of like that football player that got disoriented. Eventually when he ran, he thought he was running in the right direction, but he ultimately was heading the wrong way. So let's talk about direction. Let's talk about where we go to move to a place that now we can start moving towards where God wants us jointly to be going. So it works like this. For those of y'all that have been around us a while, you know that we adopted these five things in the church. We'll talk about that here in a minute of how you you start your journey with Jesus and how that moves you through the life of Quell Creek. But I want to give you a turn today, and I hope that you'll memorize this. And it's this, start your journey, help someone else's. Start your journey, help someone else's. I want you to say it with me. You ready? Start your journey, help someone else's. One more time. Start your journey, help someone else's. This is what church is about. Church life and life in Christ is about starting your journey and helping someone else's. It's not enough just to be on your journey. Christ has called you to gather people around you and to walk them on their journey as well. You are called to be people that not only grow up in Christ, but bring others to help grow them up in Christ. Paul is writing to the church of Thessalonica because he's on a journey in Christ, and he's trying to bring people along with him. And that's why he starts to say, hey, listen, let's start to identify The difference in text, as he's writing them, let's identify the difference between people that live after themselves and people that live after God. Night and day difference. We say it all the time, right? I I think that when we look at Scripture, especially when we look at where God's going to lead us as a church as we keep going forward, it all comes down to two phrases. Start your journey, help someone else's. Because we believe that if God has called you to follow after him and you're being discipled and you're growing and you're maturing in your faith, it makes you look out around you and go, who can I help on their journey? Who can I bring alongside me? Who needs to see where I'm going? Some time ago, I've shared this once before, we took the kids to the corn maze outside of town. And the corn maze is great, but in the middle of the corn maze there's this terrible thing it's these two like rubber like things that you have to move through like this it like squeezes your brains out and and so my son is really ambitious and he runs into it and he just goes boom and goes nowhere and he goes dad and I said well we can't I mean we can cut through the corn here or we can we can just go straight through it but my son couldn't go there his dad had to go first so I'm I'm pushing my way and I'm you would normally turn sideways, but in this instance, I went full shoulders so that my kids could walk behind me, and as I'm pushing my way through, I'm like, are y'all still there? Because I don't want y'all to die in here. This could be a bad deal, and so we finally pushed our way out, and I'm holding it out, and they, they crawled out, and I'm like, Woo, we made it, and they're like, we did it, and I'm like, yes, we did, and it was just a moment for me to go, hey, If Jesus is going to lead my life, he's going to have to take the lead, and I'm going to have to follow after him, but I've got to bring some others with me. That's how this journey is going to work at Quilt Creek. If we're going to ask God to move us forward, and we're going to ask him to excite us and, and to get us to a place where when we show up at church, things start to happen that, frankly, are out of our control and just awesome, it's going to happen when you start your journey. Don't allow anybody else to start your journey. You start your journey and then help someone else's. Because there's going to come times in this Christian life where, frankly, as people approach things in this Christian walk, they're not going to be able to get through it. You ever had that moment where something happened in your life and you've just kind of said out loud or maybe even in your prayer life, I'm just not going to get through this. I'm not going to make it through. I don't know how anybody gets through this. And then you show up somewhere like a Bible study or something and somebody goes, oh, yeah, I've been there. And and this is what happened in my life. I, I got through that. And you go, how? They go, well, it wasn't easy, but this is how. And they start to share with you what God did. And you go, man, you can make it through. We we, we can do this. We, We can make it through this thing. But sometimes on your journey, you need someone that's on their journey helping you. So let's talk about the five. As we looked at the five this last year, we identified that to start your journey, it all starts with a relationship with Jesus can't even possibly hope to be on a journey with the Lord unless it starts with a relationship with Him. Here's what we also believe. We believe that faith is best done in groups. We, we know from the early church they gather together. In fact, Scripture warns us not to forsake the gathering together, as some are in the custom of doing. So we know that journeying together is a real thing. So not only should your journey start with a relationship with Jesus, but it should also be around other growing Christians. That means this, if you want to grow in your faith, you got to have somebody that looks at your faith and questions it, refines it, shows you scripture, helps you refine your walk with the Lord. If your journey looks like you, you're not on a journey with Jesus. So sometimes we need people alongside us, and I believe we have to have people alongside us that look at our faith and go, hey, that's, that's not scriptural. Come this way. So you need other growing Christians around you. The third is this, relationship with Jesus, you to other growing Christians. The third is to join the life of the church. That means this, listen, church membership is great. We talk church membership a lot. We believe Quill Creek is a family worth belonging to. We believe that it's a worthy place because inside the family, there's accountability, uh, there's structure, there's refinement, uh, things like that. There's, I mean, Pastoral accountability as well. I need you in my family so that you can hold me accountable to the truth of the word. So you need to belong to the family. We believe that. But we also believe it's more than that. In the life of Quail Creek, we also believe that you should be a part of a life group. You need a place to go where people know your name. Because they need to know your story. Because if you're on a journey with Jesus, and you have other growing Christians around you, and then you have a group that come alongside you and do life. That's why we call them life groups. Life groups. You're starting to really mature as a Christian now. You're diving into the deep end of Christian walk because you're being refined constantly. Have you ever seen a stream and checked out the rocks in a stream? They're never jagged, are they? They're always smooth because they get constant refinement. They get rolled and tumbled. And by the time they finally end at their final point, they're just smooth. And, and you can pick them up and just rub them. They're just, oh, they're so nice. Well, see, I think that a lot of us in Christian faith were jagged. And it's not because it's the way Jesus wants us to be. In fact, I really think if anything, he wants us to be iron-like, smooth. But we have to be constantly challenged to get there. We have to be in a place that refines us and moves us often. Because when we get stuck on ourselves, we become very jagged. And I don't know if you've ever found yourself in a jagged place. And let me give you some instances where I know you're jagged. When you doubt the truth of Scripture because of a truth of you, you're jagged. Amen. When you have a better understanding of the world than Scripture, you're jagged. If coming to church is only about coming to church, you're jagged. Amen. If in your walk you've never had an opportunity to talk to someone about Jesus, I'm not, I'm not even talking about leading them to the Lord. I'm just saying an opportunity to talk to them. About Jesus you're jagged we need refinement I'm telling you there's people everywhere looking for Jesus are they looking for you are they finding Jesus in you so not only do we believe that it's a relationship with Jesus and having someone that's growing next to you and belonging to the life of the church we also believe that every person in Christ becomes a missionary Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to go off to some foreign field. It just means that when you're in Christ, you begin to start to look like Jesus everywhere you go. Because you're around him so much. It's not only that you spend time with him because you have a relationship with him. It's not only because you're around other growing Christians that have a relationship with him. It's not only because you're a part of a growing church that's pointing people to him. But it's because when you leave all that, you start to go, I've got to say something to somebody at some time. And let me give you a for instance. I, I happen to be a fan of the greatest NFL team in the nation. We won't mention their names. They've got a terrible owner. Um, but when I wear their hat and I go around town, everybody wants to tell me what they know about them. It doesn't even, I don't even have to know you. Like I'll just wear it. I'll be in, in a big box store and they'll go, hey, let's talk about your running back. He's going to jail, isn't he? And I'm like, I don't know you. And he's not my running back. I'm just wearing the hat. If I'm part owner, though, I'm getting some money. I'm just telling you all right now, that dude's my running back. Woo! Anyways, uh, I, and so i wear it like the other day. I was um, at a golf course and had my hat on, and I had walked into the pro shop, and the guy goes, hey, so how are you all going to do this season? And I looked at him. I was like, how are y'all going to do this season? I looked at him like, he must have thought I was crazy. He goes, your hat. And I went, oh, right, right, right. I have no idea. (laughs) Isn't it funny, though, that any time we take our fandom out, people want to talk to you about it. The question is, how are we in our fandom of God? I mean, do we take him anywhere with us? And I don't think you need a Jesus hat. If you have a Jesus hat, wear it. Kudos to you for having a Jesus hat. I don't have a Jesus hat. Don't buy me a Jesus hat. Unless it's super cool, then buy me a Jesus hat. Anyways, but I I just think that we need to start living Jesus at some point. Right? At some point, we've got to be squeezed a little bit, and Jesus has got to come out. And if not, we're jagged, and no one wants to squeeze jagged rocks. That's kind of how it works, right? So those are some ways you know your are And here's the last. You to relationship with Jesus. You to other growing Christians. You to the life of the church. You're on mission. And the last is this. Know how you're built. Know your gifts. Know how God created you. Because we believe in our church that we're not a mono usable church. We're not all feet for the Lord. Some of you are mouths. Some of you are ears. Some of you are the eyes. Some of you are the hands and feet. It, it, we all have a gift and you need to know how God built you or you become jagged. So I really think that the truth of where we're trying to go as a church is to get everyone on journey. And I don't know where you are in your journey. I don't know if you invited Jesus into your heart and now you just kind of stopped. That tends to happen a lot, especially in Protestant life. That's what we belong to. Where we, we have a moment and we walk an aisle And we go, I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And and we get the Savior part down, but the Lordship never begins. And so we go through the motions of it time and time again. And we keep coming back to this brokenness. And so what do we do next? The next step that we believe is you got to find another Christian that's growing and and say, I need help. I need some help. Help point me towards Scripture. Help point me towards a, a deeper prayer life. Show me how to do this. Because I believe in Paul and Timothy. I think they had something down. I think the way Paul invested in Timothy is a way that we need to invest in one another. Now, I just want you to ask yourself the question, who's invested in you? And who have you asked to invest into your life really shows who you're going to become. So let me give you a for instance. If I wanted to grow in faith and I wanted to grow in maturity of Christ, I am not going to go out and ask Howard Stern to be my mentor. He is far from God. He's not pursuing Him. I need somebody that's close to the Lord and pursuing Him so that as we walk together and I stumble, they can go, hey, misstep, let's keep going. You need other growing Christians around you, Christians that flame your fire, Christians that challenge your walk. And the reason we need that is if we don't, we will look uniquely like us at the end of the day and less like Jesus. We need more of Jesus. Because our world needs more of Jesus. And frankly, our church isn't making that happen. As a global church, we're, we're missing the mark. I mean, America's becoming a place of unchurched. We're slowly, over time, becoming more and more of an unchurched society when our churches keep multiplying and dying. Why? Because we keep looking more and more like us and less and less like Jesus. So we need to be challenged. What's more is we need to belong to something that challenges us. We need voices. Proverbs tells us that there is something great that happens in the counsel of many. That when we get amongst many and we share our stories, there's a refinement to be found. In fact, wisdom is found there. So we need some moments where we do life together. So you need that moment. The next is you should always be on mission. Always be on mission, always be ready, always be jacked up and excited for Jesus. I mean, life is so short. Let's just talk about it. Life is short. And when you don't think it's short, if you watch the obituary page, any given week here in in Amarillo, life is short, isn't it? We're not given the next moment, Scripture tells us. Life is but a, a mist. It's here one second, it's gone the next. And because of that, we need to embrace the moments we have. We need to bring as much Jesus to it as we can with as much excitement as we can and as much gut enthusiasm as we can bring. Because there is people out there that we don't know their timetable. And we know Jesus. Changes everything. So as we walk through this and as we kind of say start your journey, help someone else's, we need to know where we are in our own journey. We invite Jesus in our heart. Now, who's refining us? Are we a part of something great like a church? Are we on mission? Do we know our gift sets? If, if in your journey, if you were to map that out and say, "I've got to hear," now you know the next step. Now you know what to do next. At least when it comes to the context of when you walk in the halls of Quell Creek, this is the path we want you to take. This is the path we want you to be on, and it never stops. Until ultimately we stand before the Lord. But here's the other thing if you're on this journey, you need to be helping someone else. You need to be looking out and saying, Hey, I've I've been missing you. Where have you been? Why aren't you here? Let's talk about that. We believe that every family member at Quill Creek should do a few things. Every family member at Quill Creek should do the following things they should connect, they should serve you ready for it they should give you may be like wait a second now he's all right pastor I was with you until then he said give I would be such a spiritually corrupt pastor if I didn't talk to you about giving giving is centralistic to what we do so not only should you connect and we talked about those five connections you should do all those you should connect you should start your journey. You should help someone else's, and part of helping someone else's is, is serving. I want to give you an insight into where I believe our church is going. You know, we talked the last week that this kind of vision, and so I want to talk vision again with you right quick. In the next coming years, I want to change membership at Quail Creek forever. You may be going, oh, great, here it comes. All right, so, so stretch out a little bit and shake it off. Here we go. I believe that membership at Quail Creek is meaningless. You're like, What? I've been a member here for forever. Well, it doesn't require anything of you. It it would be like, I'm a member of a gym across town. And I faithfully give to them every month. But I am not a patron by any line. I mean, I love them. They're great. Occasionally, they give me free pizza. Who doesn't love a gym like that? I can get a Tootsie Roll when I leave, a handful of them. Praise the Lord. Sweating, eating Tootsie Rolls. It's, it's really amazing. Y'all should try it. Anyways, but I never show up anymore. I'm running, I'm doing other things, but that's not something I'm really I'm out of the habit of doing. But I'm a member there. And listen, when things happen and people talk bad about it, you know what I say? <clears throat> I just want you to know I'm a member there. And it matters to me. And they go, Oh, when's the last time you went? That's none of your business. That's between me and the gym. Not between me and you. Back away. They're like, "Oh, I didn't see you post on Facebook about it." Again. None of your business. And now I'm blocking you on Facebook. <laughs> Isn't this how it works, right? I I think that this is what we've created the church to be as a gym. We go there and we start to get healthy until we don't want to go anymore. We may still give and we may still belong, but, but that's it. So let me tell you what I think that the membership should be. I think it should be a yearly commitment. Amen. I think every year you should come in and be, I'm a part of Quell Creek this year. I'm going to connect. I'm going to serve. And I'm going to give. And at the end of the year, if, if I haven't grown and matured, you should go find another church. But I believe that if you will connect, serve, and give, your life will be changed forever. I don't believe you'll ever be the same. So here's what my thought is. Ultimately, we become a church that does this. Every year we start over. We hit a reset button and we say, hey, so-and-so, are you in? And that Sunday they'd say, I am so in. I commit that I will connect and we'll hold you accountable to your connection. Hey, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be a part of a life group. I'm going to be a part of church because I believe in this. We're going to ask you to serve. That Every person in the church should be a servant somewhere. doesn't mean you have to teach a a children's class. Although last week I told you some of y'all need to go apologize to Angela and tell her, hey, I'm here to help you. Because last week when I was saying that, they were overrun with children in in our preschool area and had to divide out the classes because there were so many kids and not enough workers. So it's it's a thing. But I hope you'll do that this week. She's down there. I hope you'll go find her and say, put me on the schedule. It'll be about once every three months, I think. Um, But I think that we all should serve somewhere. It could be at a door. It could be as uh, someone that helps uh, serve our students by just standing in the hallway and high-fiving them as they come in. You need to serve. You know why? Because that's what Jesus produces in us. He served. In fact, he came to serve. That's his words. So should we. We should come to serve. The last is we should give. Um, I I believe that we're almost to the place where if we all gave our part, we would see things happen faster than ever. I want to give you for instance. Starting Monday, we're going to start working on our parking lot. We're going to start on this side and work this way. And so in the next few weeks, our parking lot's going to look different. But we're going to need y'all's help to do that. We believe that we need to start moving. we got to start stretching out. Because if we believe that there's a future building to be had out here, we got to start today to do other things first. So join me. Let's connect. Let's serve. Let's give. Let's dive in. So I just want to cover those last three parts. I believe that we connect by becoming a part of life groups, fellowship, worship, and membership. I think those are the avenues of connection. The next to serve, I believe that is every member should be a part of a ministry. You should be a part. You should connect. And the last we give, we have to play our part to meet the future. Because I believe that God still has things yet to come at Quell Creek. And we got to get our house in order. We got to start doing things the right way. And so I just want to encourage you to do something today. I want to encourage you to take a next step in your journey. I don't know where you are in that journey. Maybe today you would say, I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. But I know that's the starting point, so I want to start today. I want to be a part of that today. Maybe today you'd say, I've invited you to in my heart, but that's where I stopped. And if Quail Creek is saying the next step is to find growing Christians, i got to do that. i got to find some come find me, come talk to me. I would love to connect you with some strong Christians in our church that would help you along your journey. The third, you need to belong to something. And I believe that belonging is awesome here at Quail Creek. I believe as a family, we're a strong family. We're getting stronger all the time. And you need to be a part of it. And if you've been in our church and you've come to service, but have never gone to a life group, next Sunday, be here. Starts at nine, you need to be here at nine and be a part of a life group because it'll challenge you. It'll grow you up in your faith. The fourth, be on mission. Maybe you've done all those steps at this point, but you need to be on mission today and you need to pray and ask God to help you do that. And the last is, maybe you don't know how God's built you. Maybe you just kind of struggled through, listen, I, I'm on mission, but I just don't know how God built me. I, I'm looking for you know, ways to be me in faith and you've tried a lot of things, but nothing's working. Well, let's identify that. You can go to the website even. And take a gift inventory. And I'm telling you, it's a test. It is not 100%. It is certainly not just like this God-inspired test that's man-made. But it will at least start you on a journey. I believe you should start your journey today. And if you're on your journey, today is your day to help someone else's. Open your eyes up. There's people around you that are looking for how they can grow up in faith. And they're looking to you. They're looking to you. So start your journey. Help someone else's. We're about to move this place like never before. God's about to do something at the church that has never been done before and it's going to start with you and it's going to start with me. So let's go on our journey. Are you ready? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we just ask that you'd fall on this place, God, that you would move mightily and God, that you'd start us on our journey, God. First Timothy just tells us, God, that there's so many people that live in darkness and they act like darkness, Lord. In fact, Lord, we get this, This moment from Paul as he's writing Thessalonica, God, that he says, man, you should live in the light. Don't fall back into the darkness. Don't act like that, but start to pursue God in all you do. And so, Father, we ask, God, that you would lead us and guide us today, God. Lord, that you would pursue us and come after us, God, that we would start our journey, Lord, with you. God, that we would also be looking around to see who we could come alongside as well. Lord, we want to start our journey. We want to help someone else's. So God. Help us to live eyes wide open, ready to get to work, God. Lord, let us start our journey today. We praise the name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen. Would you stand with me? There's a time of response for you. I ask that you just come. Come and pray. Come talk to myself or to Craig this morning. Come find us and just simply say, I'm ready to start my journey today. Are you ready? You come as we sing.
1: Whoa! Oh.